All right, everybody, welcome to New Life. Why don't you go ahead and find a seat? That would be wonderful. Glad to have all you guys here with us. Man, happy, uh, happy 4th of July. I hope you guys had a great 4th of July weekend. And uh, today's the 5th, so I know we celebrated our Independence Day as a nation yesterday. Today we celebrate our spiritual independence because Christ came and he set us free from the penalty of the law of sin and death. And that's a great independence to celebrate. Amen. Um, Yeah, so the fireworks today, we're blowing up the church. It's a one-time event. You got to be here for it. It's going to be our biggest outreach ever. I guarantee the whole community is going to come. The only problem is we got one week to rebuild it. So we're going to need everybody involved. I want to say a big hello to all of you that are worshiping with us out in North Platte right now, as well as those of you that are down in the venue. Uh, I have a, a, a actual, like, like, this is a special, special announcement for me, but my, my son, Andrew, and his wife, Jordan, uh, Jordan grew up in this church, Jason and Deb Tay are her parents, so those two guys married, so we were, I was friends with Jason and Deb before, you know, our kids ever met, um, so our friendship, you know, is, uh, it's amazing between the two couples and families, but my son and, uh, and Jordan, they moved back to Kearney from Washington, D.C. They just showed up on the third. It's exciting. Yeah. <clears throat> and they're down in the venue right now. So way to go. Thanks for being here, guys. You know, just make, I just want you to know that I can see you. So <clears throat> I can see you and you better be there. So if you're not, if you're not, all of us look bad right now. But I do, I want to say hello to you guys. Uh, if you're a guest with us in any one of our locations, thank you for coming today. I know it's a holiday weekend, so we might have family. Uh, we might have, you know, uh, guests that are here today that, that you know, you're, it just, you just walk through the doors. You're checking out New Life for the very first time in any one of our locations. And so I just want you to know that my name's Jeff. I am one of the pastors on staff. I serve in the role of the lead pastor here at New Life. Today you've come and uh, we are in the middle of a current teaching series that we've called Core Values. So let me just kind of clue you in very quickly. A core value is something that is measurable and it's trackable. So it's not doctrine. It's a core value. We have the doctrine of the church. That's the foundation of our church. That's what our church is built on. That's built out of God's word. On top of that, our practical core values that are measurable and they're trackable, you have to have those in a business or in an organization or otherwise you have no clue whether you're actually accomplishing your your main goal. And our main goal is to strengthen your journey in Christ. That's what our church exists for. It's so simple. That's it. We exist to strengthen your journey in Christ. If we're not doing that, we're not succeeding. So how do we know if we're actually succeeding? So we've we've come up with these core values that we've, you know, uh, attached metrics to them so that we can actually track and see whether we're actually accomplishing the goal or not. Our first core value was seekers find God. Then save people, find people. You can't outgive God. Growing people change. And today, everyone has a gift to share. One of the things that I know about your life is that if, you are, if you're sharing your gift in the church, then number one, I can track that. Not just as a pastor, but as a staff, because I know Jeff Baker's plugged into ministry A. Well, one of the, one of the great things that's going to happen for you is I know that by serving, your, your relationship with Christ is going to be strengthened. I want to help you see that today. I want to help you understand the value of serving today. So to do that, let's think with ourselves about this world that we live in for a moment. 
What if people in this world, what if every single person in this world kept their gifts to themselves and they didn't share it with anyone else? What kind of a world would we live in? Think about someone like Leonardo da Vinci and some of his great paintings like the Mona Lisa or a great painting that I love is the one of the Last Supper and all of his other discoveries. What if a man like him decided, I'm just gonna keep that stuff for myself? What about a guy that, you know, is the lead singer of one of my favorite bands, U2. His name's Bono. What if Bono only kept his singing to himself and only sang in the shower? That would be a robbery of a gift. You know, being able to use it and sing and inspire people. What if the late Steve Jobs, CEO, founder of Apple, what if he built an Apple laptop and he built an Apple iPhone, but he was the only one on the planet to ever have one? What if he kept all of his gifts to himself? What kind of a world would it be like? Right? And I know this is not, an, this is not, a, this is not a fight over what you use. I'm just saying that this, it would be a travesty if we kept that kind of stuff to ourselves. What about the, the late Henry Ford? What if he built one car and it was only for him? He didn't care about you. He just built it for himself and he kept all the knowledge to himself and he just built his one car for himself. Or what about that one dude who lives in Italy who, you know, came up with the pizza and made the pizza and he's the only one that ever got to experience a pizza? That'd be horrible. Right? So our world would be a very bad place if everyone that had their gifts kept them and only shared them with themselves. What about Christianity? You know, what would... What would Christianity be like if everyone kept their gifts to themselves? What if King James decided that he never was going to commission that the people were going to be able to read God's word in their language? And what if that never happened? That would be a travesty. That would be horrific in Christianity. What if the Apostle Paul decided, you know what? I'm not taking the message of Jesus Christ outside of the Jews to the Gentiles, which is you and me. I'm not going to write all these books like Ephesians and Galatians and so on and so forth. I'm going to keep all of that wisdom, all that knowledge. I'm going to keep this Jesus relationship to myself. That would be a travesty. What if a guy like Billy Graham, you know, decided, I know I've got the ability to speak. I know I've got, you know, all these gifts, but instead of preaching to millions of people, I'm going to only share it with myself and I'm never going to give the opportunity for people to actually know Jesus and have their life transformed and changed. It'd be a horrible place. What if guys like John Newton never wrote and pinned the words, you know, to amazing grace? And we never had that kind of a song that's, you know, transcended generations. It's permeated, you know, churches, no matter what their denomination is. And what a powerful message it is, by the way. Our, you know, worship leaders of our current time, like women like Darlene Sheck, who is a, one of the worship leaders in Hillsong Church in Australia, who wrote songs and sang songs like Shout to the Lord or others that you might be familiar with. It would be horrible if people just kept their gifts to themselves. What about this one last guy that probably many of you don't even have a clue who he is, but his name is William Seymour. He was a black pastor in the early 1900s with one eye, but he led a powerful revival the Azusa Street Revival in Los Angeles. And if it wasn't for this man, we would not even be sitting in this church today. See, every single one of us has a gift to share. And that gift is powerful. And without it, we're nothing. What would New Life Church be like if people kept their gifts to themselves and didn't share them with others? Who, who would preach? 
Who would lead us in worship? Who would greet at the door? Who would watch your baby in the nursery? Or minister to your kids in children's church? Who would be clicking through these slides and helping us track along and follow? Who would even create the slides? Right? You know, the bottom line is this. The world would be a boring place if people kept their gifts to themselves. Christianity... Christianity would just suffer along if people try to keep their gifts to themselves. And one thing for sure, without, without a doubt, New Life Church would never exist unless people shared their gifts with one another. So today, I've got good news for you. Are you ready for this? Smile at me, everyone, even in North Platte, smile, all right? Every single one of you has a gift, and that gift is powerful, and God wants to activate that gift to be used in his kingdom for ministry. So let's talk about it. What does it mean everyone has a gift? Well, first thing you need to understand is this. God never has given all of the gifts to one human being. So there's not one person that has the ability to do everything. There's some that might have more talents than others. Sure, it might appear like they can do anything, but they really can't. You know, not everyone is, you know, going to always fit in with all the extroverts and all the introverts at the same time. Not everyone's going to want to be on a platform or stand at a door. I mean, it's just, no, one, no one person's built to do it all. That's number one. And the reason for that is that God designed humanity from the beginning of time to need one another. I mean, some of the first things that you see in Scripture is that God's saying, man, it's not good for you to be alone. So he creates woman. And then they create family, and that family creates community, and that community that creates country, it creates government, that, that community creates world. I mean, it just goes and goes and goes. We need each other. We need each other in business. Some of you that are in business, you know you need business partners, or you need your business to do its job, and it has to connect with others. We, we need each other. We need one another. And so does the church. The church of Jesus Christ was designed to need you. And you and me, when we share our gifts, we complete it. You complete it. Let's take a look today. You know, we're not just a church that's built on Jeff Baker's opinion. We're a church that's built on God's word. And so let's build our message today off of God's word. Take a look with me in Ephesians chapter four as we deal with this topic of everyone has a gift to share. It says, now these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church. He gave to them the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Their responsibility is to do what? To equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, which is the body of Christ. All right? This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. It continues, though. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies. Take a look. It says, lies that are so clever that they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way, more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He, being Jesus, he makes the whole body, look what he does. He makes them fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts, what? Grow. 
so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. That's a big passage. Let's just unpack it for a minute. First off is this. We kick off the passage. It says that the pastor has a role. That's me. That's our staff. What was the role of the pastor? The role of the pastor was to equip the church for ministry. You are the church. My role is to equip you for ministry. So let's just break that right now. Let's just decide right now that it's not the pastor's job to do all the ministry. It's the pastor's job to empower the people to do the work of the ministry. That must mean that there's a very powerful reason for that. I think you're going to discover that in today's message. Our role is to do that. We're we're to come alongside you, train you, equip you, release you even to do the work of the ministry. Now, what does that ministry produce? That ministry produces spiritual maturity. Spiritual maturity is produced inside of you when you're released in ministry. That means that you grow spiritually. Some of you, you may feel like you stopped growing spiritually. I would ask you this, are you serving? Because if you're not serving in an active ministry role, that could be the very fodder. That could be the very fuel that ignites your passion again. It causes you to serve. I mean, causes you to grow. And grow, not just grow, but grow lean and mean. Grow in spiritual maturity. So that means that when you're serving, I know something that's happening in your life. When you're serving, you are being strengthened in your relationship with Jesus. That's awesome. That's powerful. Because as a pastor, that's what I care about. I want to see you grow in your relationship with Christ. I want to see it strengthened. I want to see you become everything that God wants you to be. So that can't happen by you just sitting here listening to a sermon. It happens by being activated maybe because of a sermon or being activated because God was speaking to you. But not only does it make you spiritually mature, but it makes your faith rock solid. That scripture said these words. It says that you won't be led astray when false teaching comes or when people say things that seem like they're truth, but they're really a lie. Oh man, I care deeply about that. I don't want you to be led astray by some false teaching that comes from some person on some internet channel someplace or something that sounds like truth that permeates our culture, but it's really a lie. I don't want that to happen to you because that ends in destruction. And then later you're going to turn to me and you're going to go, how come you didn't warn me? So one of the things about serving is this. Look what happens. When you serve, you get to build relationships with other believers. When you build relationships with other believers, you talk about things that you never would talk about with others. Because you find a camaraderie with them that you can interact about biblical spiritual matters. And you can ask them. You can say, you know, I heard this teaching. What are your thoughts on that? And you can get people's opinions because you're doing life with them. It's a way to sharpen each other. Like iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Let me tell you something else. When you are serving and you're growing more spiritually mature, your roots are going deeper into the soil of God, his character, his nature, his principles. And when the lies come, you instantly smell them out. And you're like, no, that's not true. It's not true because one of the things that serving does, if it's going to build a spiritual maturity inside of you and make your faith rock solid, serving makes you hungry for God. Makes you hungry for God. That's one of the things I hate about working out. I have to discipline myself. When I work out, guess what I want to do? I want to eat more. Why? Everything looks good when I'm working out. 
I don't know why that, why that is. Because when I start to work out, man, I'm just like, oh, dude, I'm starving. I'm hungry. Like, what, what's near me? You know, like a pack of Oreos? Okay, <laughs> just eat those things up. Right? I mean, I know it should be a banana, but if Oreos are closer, that's what I'm reaching for. It just happens. But when you serve, when you serve, you're going to get hungry for something. When you're serving God and his kingdom, you're going to get hungry for God and his word. And when you get hungry for God and his word, then the roots of your faith go deep. And when the roots of your faith go deep, you don't get swayed. Let me tell you some other things that this passage told us. It says that you're going to grow in every way more and more like Christ. I want to see that for you too. You know what? The person sitting next to you right now that you love and you care about a lot, they want to see you grow in more, more and more like Christ. So when you serve, one of the benefits is that you start taking on the character and the nature of Christ more. That's a beautiful benefit. Here's another, here's another amazing thing. When you're sharing your gift in the church, you're actually helping to accomplish what that scripture said when it said that we are meant to fit together. Fit together, like a puzzle fits together. Each of you are like a unique puzzle piece. And you were designed, and you, you, you fit in right here at New Life. If this is your home church, when you serve, it's like taking your puzzle piece, fitting it in with the bigger, with the bigger puzzle. Making this beautiful tapestry of a church that gets displayed to a community that lets the community know Jesus is alive. That's a church that's alive. I want to be a part of that. And then therefore, what happens? Life change takes place. People literally transformed and changed. When you start sharing and start fitting together like a puzzle fits together. That's awesome. You know what? When I, when I hear this fitting together, I think of my, my attitude and my mentality about Sunday. My attitude about my time here right now is not, this is not my paid time. I work like all the rest of you do. I put in 40 or 50 hours, you know, in an office. Now, my office sometimes is out of the coffee shop, praise the Lord. Amen. I'm thankful for that, right? Sometimes it's at your house. I'm thankful for that too. It's not always just sitting behind a desk at a computer. Sometimes it is. Sometimes you're preparing and you're planning and there's a lot of meetings and things that are going on. And it takes a lot of effort if you want to engage an entire body and equip them for the work of the ministry. There's a lot of work to do. And some of you are more work than others. (laughs) So, I mean that in the most loving way, obviously. Those folks typically sit in the gym. So, anyways. (laughs) What? Did that come out of my mouth? Uh Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Forgive me, you have to. If you're a Christian, you have to forgive me for that. Okay, okay. So so here's the deal. This is my, my time to volunteer. I work all week long like you do. I come in, for me to be healthy on Sunday, I have to see myself as a volunteer. So when I come in the door, when no one else is here in the morning and I walk through the door and I unlock the doors. I unlock the doors as a volunteer. Can you sign up for that that opportunity? You can if you want to, but you can do it with me. I'm still going to unlock the doors. I walk through the halls and I flip the lights on. And I do that for a reason because I want to just spend some time and pray. I want to go to every one of the doors that people are going to enter through and I want to pray. I want to say, God, would you bless those folks that are coming through these doors? Would the power of your Holy Spirit be upon them when they walk through here? May they sense both the conviction of your spirit, but may they also sense the grace and the mercy of your spirit. And I do that. 
But that's me volunteering. Me preaching right now is actually volunteering. Why? Because a Sunday is way bigger than a sermon. One guy preaches a message, but how many people are engaged in ministry? How many, people, how many people are on the platform here, you know, leading us in worship at our main auditorium? How many people are out in the, in the venue? How many people are out in North Platte? I mean, there's hundreds of people serving today on July 5th that decided I'm going to be at church just like you, but today's their day to serve. And I know that many of you serve, and I praise God for you, but you need to realize you're just one piece of a puzzle. Jeff Baker's just one piece of the puzzle. But when we bring our piece and we connect it together, it becomes this beautiful picture of the amazing power of God at work. We're designed to fit together. And we were designed to do this as well. When we serve, it helps others grow. That scripture literally said that. When you serve, it helps others grow. That means you become a part of the mission of new life. Helping people grow and strengthen their relationship with Christ. It's not just the pastor's job. We all get to do it together. It's exciting. When you serve, you're strengthening people's journey with Christ. And last but not least, in that passage, it ended with these words. That the church, because people serve, will become a healthy, growing, full of love church. That's the kind of church I want to be a part of. I want to be a part of a healthy church. How do we make it healthy? We all roll up our sleeves and we jump in and we serve. How do we keep the church growing? We roll up our sleeves, we jump in and we serve. How do we keep the church full of love? We roll up our sleeves, we jump in and we serve. See, for some of you, you've been serving for decades. Thank you. Others of you, you're brand new to the church over the past year and you're still wondering, where do I fit in? That's what the day's all about. We wanna help you do that. But guess what you're gonna do? You're gonna help us continue to become healthy, growing, and full of love. That's the kind of church that our world's looking for as well. So serving has many benefits, I think, as you can tell. So what do I really need you to do? As your pastor, what do I need you to do if we're gonna accomplish this core value together? And there's a, there's a couple of things I need you to do. First, I need you to find your place and serve. I need you to kind of get out of the crowd and get into the game. Think with me about your favorite sports, all right? What, what's your favorite sport? Is your favorite sport football? Maybe your favorite sport is baseball. Maybe your favorite sport is golf. Or it's ice hockey like mine. Or maybe, for some reason, I don't know why, it's tennis, But it could be any of those things, right? And so you've got this favorite sport. Now think with me, if I'm at a a blues, you know, hockey hockey game, and I'm in St. Louis, the Scott Trade Center, and I'm sitting there in row, you know, whatever, row 18, seat 12, and I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden over the speaker system comes this, attention fans, we have a special announcement to make. One amazing fan is going to have the opportunity to get out of the crowd and into the game. They're going to be coming down and playing in the third period with the Blues on the ice. And his name is Jeff Baker. Right, yeah. Right, and I, what would you do? So some of you would like get up and run like for your car. Not me, man. I would go out of the crowd into the game. You chose me. Let's get down there. I'm going to look like an idiot. I know it, right? The puck's going to be at one end of the ice. I'm going to be at the other. By the time I get down there, they're down at the other end. I know. It's fast, and I'm slow. 
but I would love to get out there and play with those guys. It would be so much fun. Or for you, baseball or football or whatever. But what if your favorite sport had a get out of the crowd and into the game day? And you could jump into that NASCAR and you could drive it around the track. Or you could get out there on the football field and hopefully walk off alive. Or you could step up to the plate with your bat and swing while your favorite pitcher, you know, pitch. What, was it, what would it be like if you could get out of the crowd into the game? Wouldn't it be so much fun? Oh, it'd be a blast. I mean, what would you pay for that ticket? Ten bucks more than what you're currently paying? Probably. I mean, they're already paying a thousand. What's a thousand ten? Let's pay it. So there you are. You're there. Get out of the crowd into the game. Guess what today's message is about? Getting out of the crowd, getting into the game. Except for we're talking about a game that has eternal value. We're not just talking about a game that ends after the period's done and the time clock wraps up. We're talking about a game that has eternal value to it where your life empowers others and it changes them. So you you ready to hear like some of the opportunities of where you can serve and some ways that you can jump into the game, get out of the crowd and get into the game? Are you ready for that? All right, so attention fans. We have a special announcement today. We gotta let you know that there's a get out of the crowd into the game opportunity. And I wanna welcome to the, uh, welcome to the stage, my friend, Pastor Dean Boozy. Come on, give it up. Yeah, Woo-hoo. yeah, yeah all- thanks for calling me out of the, out of the seat and up to the platform, man. I, That's I know. awesome. I know, I right, know. Yeah. Just, just, yeah. just don't fail. All right, go ahead. All right, all right. All right. All right. All right. hey. Uh, hey, give so, me your best. Uh, you know, incredible, uh, incredible opportunity to come up today and to share with you. And, and like uh, Pastor Jeff said, man, incredible opportunity for each of you to get out of the seat and to get into the game and to have some incredible opportunities. But before I share that, I have one issue, though. You said the folks in the gym are the more challenging folks. Hold on. Don't, we don't Wait have, a minute. We can debate that later. Oh, Let's go. Man, All right. man, no way. <laughs> Well, I'm down there, and they're an awesome group of people, and so are you in North Platte. So anyway, hey, so the red carpet ministry is a fantastic opportunity for you to be involved in ministry on a Sunday. So the other week and today, Jeff has been challenging us to get out of the seat and to get involved. And how can we be involved, even if it's an hour a month serving at church? And the red carpet ministry is a fantastic opportunity to do that. Our teams that are out there greeting as people are walking in the doors or helping with ushering or helping with the coffee team or being a part of what we're going to be needing in the fall is our parking ministry as we're going to need people out there helping with directing parking. So we have incredible opportunity. And the awesome thing about the red carpet ministry is we believe each person that comes to new life is truly a gift from God. They're a gift from God. And so when we are out there doing our part and being God's hands and feet, we are welcoming into the church people that God is drawing into this community. And that is an incredible opportunity. So we encourage, if it's a family, to serve together, greeting. If it's a younger person, a college student, a young adult, whatever it may be, an older individual, to be involved with greeting or ushering in our red carpet ministry. So we have a lot of different opportunities for you. So what I'm going to encourage you to do today, in a little bit, Pastor Jeff's going to be showing how you can go to our website, mynewlifechurch.com, and you can check, you can check on the serving opportunities form the opportunity to be a part of the red carpet ministry. So I encourage you to do that. Another thing you can do is as you walk out into our lobbies today, either in North Platte, which we have fantastic uh, individual out there, Linda, who oversees our red carpet ministry in North Platte. So give it up for Linda in North Platte. Yes. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. So 
right after service, go talk to Linda, and she will get you connected. Or step out in our lobby here in the main or down in the gym, and uh, they will connect you with red carpet opportunities. So that's a great thing that you can do today, as well as going online and checking that on there. So another opportunity, man, a fun and incredible opportunity for our entire church uh, to be involved in ministry this summer is our Bounce Outreach events. They're going to be happening not only here in Kearney, but also in North Platte this coming week. So we encourage you, we need over 50 people for each Bounce event. The day before each Bounce event, we distribute flyers and we go prayer walking. We need around 35 people to help with each one of those. So what happens at our bounce events is we bring carnival games and we bring inflatables and we bring food and prizes and a whole lot of fun into parks in North Platte and here in Kearney. But the most important thing that we bring into the park is Jesus. Right on. Because when we bring Jesus into the community and we bring all of us as the body of Christ that are partnering up with what God is wanting to do in this community, God does amazing, amazing things. And we want you not to miss out on that opportunity to be a part of that. So we come for an hour. We put on an incredible time. But God does an awesome work. So we need a lot of people to help out with that. The day before each bounce event, we have a team that goes and we distribute flyers in the neighborhoods. We need people to help with that. We also take a team and we go prayer walking. So if you're not able to walk, you can sit in the park and you can pray. Or we go walk the neighborhoods and we pray. So there is an opportunity for everyone to serve and to be a part of helping to reach people for the kingdom here in Kearney and also out in North Platte. So what I need you to do today is in your bulletin here in Kearney is you need to pull out this uh, insert in your bulletin right now. There you go. Thank you. So you need to pull out this insert and you need to look at the dates and the opportunities that are for you to be involved with these bounce events. Fill that out and bring that out there to our bounce counter in the lobby or in the venue. Out there in North Platte, you have a sign-up sheet right out there in your lobby. So what you need to do is you need to go out to the lobby after the service and sign up. And they are needing people on Tuesday to help hand out flyers for their mega sports camp that's also going to be happening out there. So the bottom line, Jeff, what we're saying is there's an opportunity for absolutely everyone to be involved in God's work and seeing the kingdom expanded here in Kearney and North Platte. Fill out the card, go to the website, get involved, and you are going to grow. All right, there you go. go, Fill out the card. Everybody can get out of the crowd and can get into the game. This is your day. So high-five the person next to you and tell them, get out of the crowd, get into the game. Come on, get out of the crowd, get into the game. All right, take a look at what uh, 1 Peter has to say about get out of the crowd and get into the game. It says, God has given each of you, that's each of you that are out there today, each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. He says for you to use them well to serve one another. So beyond those immediate needs that we have, man, we've got a ton of other needs. We, got, we have incredible needs in our tech ministry right now. Uh, we've got incredible needs in our, um, our children's ministry with nursery and, uh, and you know, power kids. We, we need 45 volunteers to start serving in our youth department immediately. 45 volunteers. Yeah. So if you were sitting there in our church and you were thinking to yourself, oh, there's probably plenty of people serving. That's not true. There's not plenty of people serving. We always need more people serving. 
Um, we'll never be done with that. As we continue to grow, we all always need more and more people. I want to encourage you to get in. We have something for every single one of you, whether it is in a worship environment or it's back in a kitchen serving. There's something that fits you. And the way that you sign up is you have to go to mynewlifechurch.com. All right, mynewlifechurch.com. When you go there, this is a part of our homepage. You have to scroll down to get there. But if you see in the lower left-hand corner this thing that says serving opportunities, everyone has a gift to share, you'll want to click right there. And if you click there, it will take you to this immediate form. You fill it out, put your name, that kind of stuff. Pick your campus, the Kearney campus or the North Platte campus. All right, that's important that you do that. And then once you're done with that, then you can scroll uh, up the page just a little bit. And you'll see, select one or more ministries to get involved with. Please, don't select them all. Pick the things that maybe you're somewhat passionate about. And select a couple of these ministries. And then down below that, you can actually hit submit. We need you to do that. Find your place and belong. Here's the second thing as your pastor I need you to do. I need you to let God work through you. You are like a conduit, a piece of pipe that the Holy Spirit can work through to impact the world around you. This, this morning when you got up and you turned the water faucet on to brush your teeth and the water came out of the faucet, you do realize, right, your pipes aren't the ones that create the water. Your pipes just hold the water. The water is coming from a water treatment place and it's being cleansed and purified and it's being pumped out through those pipes, larger pipes at the beginning, gets to your house, smaller, smaller pipes, and then it comes out of your faucet and you get to use it. You are like those pipes. The Holy Spirit wants to flow through you to impact the world around you. That's God's role. That's what he wants to do in you. So let God work through you. First Peter speaks about this in chapter four, verse 11, when it says, do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything that you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. There's a lot of responsibility on your shoulders and my shoulders. That when we've been given a gift, that we would exercise it. That we would work it. That we would bring it to an area of perfection. Some of you went to school to exercise that gift. Others of you have just learned over the course of time, you know, and through life experience, how to take your gift and really turn it into something amazing. Others of you have been letting spiritual gifts that God's put in your heart sit on the shelf and just abide there. I want to tell you, stop giving God your last and start giving God your best. Don't give God your overflow. Don't give God your leftover time. Give God the best that you have. I'm not expecting you to serve at the church every single day. That would be unbalanced. And I would sit down with you and I would tell you, you have a family, you've got kids, you know, you need to love them. You need to take care of them. Your life's out of balance. But when we start talking about serving one, two, three hours or four hours a month, that's not a lot. You know, that's coming and serving for a service, standing at a door and greeting people as they come in. You know, that's best. That's pretty simple, but it's extremely effective ministry because I don't know about you, but I love a personal greet when I come into a place, especially by someone that looks like they're really excited that I'm there. But you gotta let God flow through you. One of the greatest ways you can let God flow through you is what I do. To get ready for a sermon, I obviously have a lot of preparation. But if I miss praying, then I've missed the most powerful part of the whole preparation. If I don't come and seek God and say, God, unless you fill me, I've got nothing good to say. 
God, unless you open up my heart and you saturate my heart with your spirit, then out of my heart, my mouth can speak. Because I don't want to speak out of my head. When I speak out of my head and my mouth speaks, I want to take back almost every other word that I say. But when it comes out of, out of the heart and how the heart, the mouth speaks and your heart's full of Christ. So for you, wherever ministry you're at, whether it's standing at a door greeting, it's working with children, pray, God, how can I encourage people today at this door? Let me be sensitive to you. Let me be full of your spirit and do that. God, as I'm working in this nursery, every baby that I hold and I take care of, may I pray for them and just pray God's blessing upon them. I work with teenagers, pray for them. Pray over those teenagers. And, and you know, you don't have to go up to them and lay your hands on them. Um, you're gonna wanna lay your hands on them at times. That's a whole different thing. But walk up to them and you know, you can just, you can encourage them, you know, but you can, you can pray from a distance even for them. I mean, there's just a lot of ways that you can engage yourself in letting the Holy Spirit work through you. I want to challenge you to do that. The third thing is this, be persistent. Be persistent in serving. Don't give up on us as pastors. You know, we're leading a large church, three locations, multiple services. You're sitting in one of four services today. I know it might not feel that large because it's, it's July 5th, but, you know, come this fall, it's amazing what happens around this place. And what happens out in North Platte? It's a large church and it continues to grow and we, can, we have to keep, you know, keep up with that. So have some grace for us. Don't give up on us as pastors if we come alongside and we try to help you and we don't, and we don't follow through. Or if we followed through and it didn't seem like a right fit. Have some grace for us. Be persistent though. Keep pressing in. Keep seeking our advice. Keep seeking our help. All right? But also do this. Don't give up on others. We are not a perfect church. We are a church full of imperfect people that are sinners trying to know what it means to live underneath the grace of Jesus Christ. We're not going to be perfect. People are going to do things and say things, and you're going to get your feelings hurt, and you're going to get wounded at times. My expectations for you is that you would grow to be spiritually mature enough that you could deal with the situation, and at least you could deal with your own heart, because I know you can't change others, but you can definitely change your heart. To be spiritually mature, to, to be persistent, to not give up on others, but to keep serving, keep serving. And lastly, you know, it would be this. To, if you don't find a good fit in the first ministry, then keep looking and keep trying. Keep looking and keep trying. Be persistent in that way. I want you all to have the license to look at, at ministry as an experiment. So if you go to mynewlifechurch.com today and you click on there and you fill out the form and you, you, you say, I want to work with children's ministry and they get a hold of you and they get you connected to children's ministry. And if children's ministry is not a good fit, then please go to Pastor Eric and tell him it doesn't, this doesn't seem like it fits. I'm going to go look for something else. Why? Because it's an experiment. If you volunteer and you're serving up, you know, with Craig right now in our Kearney campus up in our main booth, and you're sitting there at the computer with him while he's running all of these slides that he's running right now. And you, you decide, man, this is more than what I thought. I don't really think I like this. I think I'm going to move to something else. Fine. It's an experiment. Until you find the place that you belong, be persistent, keep looking, and keep trying. Because there's a lot that we can win together if we work together. So what will we win if we work together on this core value? There's a few great, powerful things. We're going to win a church of owners, not members or attenders. Let me tell you what I mean by that. Members often think about the rights that they have. Over time, a member thinks about all their rights. It's my right. I'm a member of this organization. That's not going to create a healthy serving mentality. 
Some of you are attenders and you think, I'm just an attender. They don't need me. I'm just an attender. I don't qualify. Both of those are completely wrong. Attenders tend to at times just think that way. Someone else will take care of it. No, we need you. But what I really want to encourage you to have the attitude of is an owner. An owner. You and me, we own this ministry called New Life Together. Because you know what owners do? Owners take responsibility. It's like the difference between just being a renter that doesn't have to take care of a property and being the property owner. Two massive differences. When you're a property owner, you, you know the responsibilities that you have to take care of. And you've got to keep that property to a certain maintenance level. But when you're, just, when you're the renter, there's someone else that's always taking care of that for you. I don't want you to have that renter mentality when it comes to church. I want you to have an owner mentality that drives responsibility. And you know what, business owners? Business owners, listen, that's what you want for your workers. You don't want your workers to be a clock-in person. You want them to feel like they're an owner. Because when they're an owner, they feel they have a responsibility. Moms and dads, you know what you want for your kids? You don't want them to feel like they're underneath the tyranny of a dictatorship. You want them to feel like they're an owner of the home, an owner of the family. You're going to get a greater response out of them if that's the way you're leading. And that's the way a healthy church is led. It's led with the exact same way. We're going to win owners if everyone jumps in and serves. Here's another thing we're going to win. We're going to win a lighter serving load for all. Instead of the typical church where 20% of the people do 80% of the work, what if we had 80% of the people involved in ministry? What would the workload be like? Wow, it could be amazing. And if that happened, guess what else we could win? We could win opportunities to plant more churches and reach more people for Jesus because more people are involved in ministry. When we have more people involved in ministry, we can stretch and we can do things that otherwise we wouldn't be able to do. Like planting North Platte or wherever the next church is that we're gonna plant. Where's the worship team gonna be that we're gonna send? Where's the children's workers that we're gonna send? Where are the youth workers that we're gonna send to this other, other site when we plant it? They're gonna come from here and they're gonna come from North Platte. That's why it's so important that people get involved in ministry. But one last thing that we're gonna win, we're gonna win a church full of joy. Just smile at me for a second, all right? A church full of joy. That's the kind of church I want to be a part of. That's the kind of church I want to pastor. In Acts, Acts chapter 20, it says this, that you should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. Any words that Jesus speaks are great words. Jesus said that it's more blessed to what? To give than to receive. When we're giving of ourselves and giving ourselves away, you're going to experience a great, powerful joy. I want you to experience that kind of a joy. I want your life to be transformed by it. So today, you have an opportunity to respond to this core value. Everyone has a gift to share. I want to say this to all of our locations. There's altars in front of all, at the front in all of our locations today. These altars are for a specific group of people today. These altars are for people that are going, listen, I have my life and I know I have gifts and I want to lay them down before God. You could be serving in ministry, but you're wanting to lay your life down before God and say, God, use my gift. This altar is a place of, it's a place of sacrifice. It's a place to come and to kneel down and to pray and say, God, use my gifts. Use my abilities to advance your kingdom. It's a place to kneel down and say, God, I just want to be a conduit for you. And I just want your spirit to flow through me. And so while our worship teams sing, 
If you're somebody that you're just like, I want God to use me. I want to be a part of, you know, serving. I, I want, I want, I know I've got a gift. Or maybe I don't even know what the gift is, but I want God to use me regardless. Then I want you to come and I want you to kneel down and I want you to spend a few moments in prayer. And just saying to God, God, I'm sacrificing my life that you might live through me. I'm becoming less that you might become great. Why don't you stand with me and let's pray. Father, I thank you that you have never given up on us and that you consistently call us to your great purpose and to your great work to advance your church in this time and to build your kingdom one soul at a time. And Lord, you've given this church called New Life so many gifts, talents, and abilities. It's amazing. It blows my mind away sometimes, the abilities that you've given people. Lord, I know inside of this church there are some amazing people with a heart to serve, a heart to serve behind the scenes where no one even knows what they're doing. You've given others of them personalities that allow them to be in front and be teachers and youth workers and children's workers and worship team members and greeters and ushers. Lord, they they make people happy. They inspire others. And the Holy Spirit works through them in incredible ways. And I thank you for that, God. So Lord, from the person that does the what seems to be the lowliest of jobs to the person that does what seems to be the most important job, of which you don't see it that way, God. Only we do. That you continue to bless this congregation with, ser- with servant hearts. Would you continue to bless this church with a, with a heart that says, Holy Spirit, use me. Here I am. Here's all the good, bad, and ugly. This is my life. But I want it to be used to advance God's kingdom while I'm on this earth. I don't want to just be a taker. I want to be a giver. I don't want to just sit in the crowd anymore. I want to get into the game and make a difference. May that be the story of this church for generations to come. In Jesus' name, amen.